0: Katie and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where so we talk all this classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Okay. Wow. <laughs> people are like so already with the mess, huh? All right. Hey probably, yo. I felt like
1: people probably just skip through the first 60 seconds. We,
0: it's, especially after that Tatiana thing, it's advisable. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we did that. How could you forget? Honestly.
1: After we did it, like, the like the next
0: couple of days, I stayed
1: bumping down. I was like, wait, let me just. Yeah. It's low-key <laughs> lit.
0: And then, like, when I was. I listened to it so many times that when I was editing it, I was tired of it. Oh, Because really? I was like, low-key <laughs> I was listening back. I was like. I cannot I can't bars. I'm just I'm happy Mr. Taylor doesn't listen to this because he would literally find oh my every he could he could correlate everything we do on this show to every shift. like <laughs> every single one. I'm <laughs> just bringing out a notepad <laughs> with a list on it and be like, let's see what, what was on the menu for
1: classically black this week.
0: <laughs> oh, so that F sharp is too low, and that's because yeah! you decided at uh three minutes and forty three seconds <laughs> like this correlating them. He he's good for it. You saw what I you saw what he said to me the other day. Mm-hmm. Talking about that's fine, but when I say off the string, I mean your bow leaves the string. Wow. I was like, did it just get cloudy? In here? Like that sounds. <laughs> that's <I> was <laughs> and like it was to Taylor, so you know I ain't, I wasn't making him mad or nothing. Like it was the lesson was going well. You he, he was just he just I, I said off the string. I'm like it's off. He's like no, you put it shorter on the string. I'm like these details. I mean like what you really talking about like. You good. Don't nobody even really care. Like, I feel like it. if you really think about it like everything off the string. Cause what's really on <laughs> even mean? Or off? What are we doing? <laughs> um, but anyway, you got news for us this week? hmm
1: Um, so some sad news from um Oklahoma,
0: which could be anything. But um <laughs> now I'm on now I got a little nervous. He said Oklahoma, what they doing <laughs> over there <laughs> Nah. <laughs> Shout out to y'all in Oklahoma. Hey y'all. Hey, okay. <laughs> <sighs> You're annoying.
1: This, what happened? <laughs> um, so the Double Stop fiddle Shop. Oh, I didn't realize that rhyme. Okay, Double Stop fiddle Shop.
0: Bust it down. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> 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 um, but anyways, it's so literally not a laughing matter. Um, in Guthrie, Oklahoma, um, it burned down in a fire. What? Yeah. yeah. Um, it burned down and it lost basically the, its entire stock. <gasps> I know. Wait till you hear the... I don't okay. even know if I can... My heart yeah. can't take this. <laughs> because <laughs> it... Okay, apparently the fiddle shop and the flower shop next door Um, also, like, they were both affected, but tell me why he had over 400 fiddles in there. <gasps> 400.
0: hundred. Four. I feel like that's a loss that you can't even, like... How does he even feel? You know what I'm saying? He <laughs> probably, like... 400? First of all, my, I die. I honestly, like, even with the little whatever instruments my, my kids play, I die every, every time, time they <gasps> drop a bow. I'm like, y'all fling these around like they're pencils. Exactly. And I feel like it doesn't matter how many times, because I feel like I don't, I'm not going to get too much into that because I'm not going to put my business out there, but, or not my business, their business. Mm-hmm. But. It doesn't matter how many times i tell them do not touch the bow here i'm like you know how privileged you are to play an instrument mm-hmm. do not fling it around mm-hmm. do not swing it around my scroll do not hang it on the. You're it's like it. it's not computing just because where we work the culture is just not there yet because mm-hmm. it wasn't established from the beginning you're yeah, right but like this is probably the worst i've seen it yeah. because i because when i talk public school i'm like you're not gonna act like you everybody in the country playing an instrument mm-hmm. and they're like okay oh, hey, you, you gotta be so loud i'm like no nah, because y'all flinging stuff around and dropping it oops and duh yeah
1: oops oops, oops. oops. Some of the stuff you dropping it on the head, on the face of the instrument, bridges all bent up. I've seen some whole fingerboard off. The, this one girl, she had a whole chunk out the off the top of her cello just open.
0: Like I don't like I don't I haven't seen it this bad. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, when I talk up at school, like we not oopsing. You know, and your kids, you know, mm-hmm. stuff happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm talking, But it's not stuff that's happening now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I couldn't when when the other day a girl dropped her bow and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> First of all, last time I dropped my bow, I had to take it to the shop. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't, I just don't play around with my stuff. So even like little stuff like that, like watching like kids' instruments fall, shop burn down. You know for? I will cry. I, Like I feel
1: I'm. Hmm. For 400 fiddles and several guitars. Um. And this guy, he's a uh, the guy who owns the shop. He's a three-time national fiddle champion and recording legend, which is the word they use but like some of the people that he's recorded with like i mean i mean i I can see why they use that he's recorded with bob dylan and willie nelson and rolling stones and stuff so yeah but um one thing that remained unharmed was a mandolin that he had in a safe um and and it has i guess the type of mandolin it was has been known to sell from between like a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand so dollars. I'm oh, like, wow. I know he met, he he glad that mm, ain't right. And like I'm sure like all his stuff is insured and stuff. But at the same
0: time, but imagine Sue. you get back because he has he was out of town when oh, it happened. Oh my god, your your stuff is on the floor. What? And you come and there's like pictures. I'm gonna look no, the article okay. and stuff. I'm not gonna look. At it that. really doesn't even look. It doesn't. Oh, it didn't burn down to the ground.
1: I mean, no, like, you can see the stuff. I'm going to show you, like, that's what it. Like, they still look like violence, but you can tell oh some of them are burned. Oh,
0: my burnt. God. Burned? That one well done over there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice and toasty over there. Oh, yeah. The ones on the end, they're literally pitch yeah, black. they're literally black. Same color as this mic.
1: <laughs> I just can't even, like, yeah, he was out of town when it happened, but I just can't even imagine. You walk up, and that's where your, your stuff was. I could not imagine. Like. <gasps> it was flames. up in flames. I don't even know. It doesn't really say, like, what exactly happened to the like why there was a a, a fire. Actually, what well, does say that what what made the fire burn so you know so much was that there were um There's
0: kindling in the shop. I mean,
1: yeah. But also there were um extremely high winds that day, which we know all about over here in Rochester. Everywhere, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that was one of the things that that um. They said they faced that uphill battle with Mother Nature because of that. Dang, God, I was just like, dang. Yeah, that that's so sad. Terrible. Yeah, but um, next um, so apparently there's a new radio station called Scholar Radio, um, which is a new radio station for classical music. Um, and it's the purpose of the radio station is to help it reach younger audiences.
0: I thought you said Soca, and I was like okay all right so we go so then sorry <laughs> okay we gotta go back so for a, a younger cl- classical music station mm-hmm. okay ca- called soka Scala Scala. okay oh we're back <laughs> so we go so Then.
1: Right. Done? <laughs> yep done oh, okay um so it's released <laughs> If you talk about me, every episode you on the mic talking about, y'all need
0: to see what they Okay, need but Okay, doing. but we're in episode 21, and this is the first time, but it's relentless. First of all, 21. Actually, no, this is the second time, because the last
1: episode you was-
0: <laughs> No, that wasn't. We weren't recording. <laughs> you oh! were recording. <laughs> we were recording. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh-huh. uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: annoying. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Delaney.
1: Anyway, it releases in March. Um, and they did a little bit of research like to back to back up like their project and everything and some of the research was kind of surprising um and I'm gonna throw out a couple numbers so basically um it said 45 percent of young people are saying that they see classical music as an escape from the noise of modern life which let's stop there because I'm sorry what <laughs> an escape Class-
0: I need not escape from <laughs> classical music is my noise of modern life. <laughs> Cause i was I'm like man- i was like wow imagine i'm trying to go to bed at nine all i hear it's right. i'm rushing it when you sing it katie
1: <laughs> right i'm like dang y'all unwind to that i wind
0: up <laughs> <laughs> can't even sleep without hearing Bom, Right. Bum. right. Bum. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all that's lit you know i should have done something else so i could feel this way right must
1: be nice must, must be nice, nice to, to
0: use classical to music and playing un- instruments right. so i can feel
1: you can unwind to some walton where you go to bed but
0: that's that is so <laughs> nice right that should have been like a like a CNA like the rest right. of the girls it? Been an architect or something right like a lawyer mm. and then and I could so I could just come home and put on Beethoven 3 without thinking about the excerpt <laughs> That how right. i lit <laughs> listen huh maybe the next life right I'll be a rock <laughs> alright a rock <laughs> then how are you turning on okay listen <laughs> let's move on i could be a rock in the foundation of a concert hall i hear everything
1: okay uh
0: research Did you had to let support my dreams
1: research also found that um a new generation of listeners um is switching to classical music through different sources so um 48 percent of uh listeners under 35 are exposed to it through um classical versions of popular songs which we see all the time mm. on Instagram people covering songs um and 74% of people in the same age group um experience classical music from live orchestral performances at film screenings
0: 75% yeah oh shoot
1: um and I'm like you know that reminds me of a lot of the stuff that RPO does because mm. you know they've been doing a
0: lot of that I mean a lot of orchestras are moving towards and I heard like I mean I don't think everyone's happy with it because it's like and I'm I, I'm torn on it. Cause oh. like, yeah, it's cool. But like, does it really make it the movie even cooler? Cause you have a live orchestra in front of you? Mm-hmm. Like to me, I'm just like, mm. it's kind of gimmicky, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I feel
1: like that's, but, um, one of the things that like overall they saw was that film screenings and experiential events, like secret cinema, which is like, basically what we're talking about Mm -hmm. um and themed performances are the key drivers to exposing uh people under 44 which i'm like wow that just shows how skewed the age range is because i'm like you're talking about young and you're talking about under 44 like that's a huge just literally (laughs) such a huge age yeah for real um but i think like i see i feel like to us because we're like in it we know how lit just the regular repertoire is Mm -hmm. so we're just like why you need to do that but i mean in order to get people just get people into the hall that's like the kind of stuff that they have to do like like that's they're saying like theme performances and like i get that like you see your favorite movie you're like oh well i was gonna i was gonna watch that anyway i feel like it's not even even the orchestra that's getting them there it's literally just like these things that Mm -hmm. they already know that they want to see again and then it's like the orchestra's there
0: first of all i could i've never been to one have i no, I've never been to one. RPO has been doing a lot of it, like three or four this year. Mm-hmm. But it's like I wouldn't. The main reason why I haven't been is because it's just gonna distract me. I'm not gonna watch the movie. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that, that's just me. You
1: know. And, and I'm like really curious as to like how that even gets people into classical music because I feel like they're going for like. I mean, I guess maybe some people would, but I feel like they're going for that that theme or whatever that they already know, mm-hmm. and like you said like they're probably watching the movie and like yeah the orchestra is there but i'm like i feel like seeing going and seeing a performance like that isn't gonna be like well
0: maybe i might try some beethoven you mm. know what i mean unless like, it was i mean like i said i've never been to one so do they do like an overture or something oh maybe that's what i would recommend but yes, if y'all probably, but, but listen so if they started doing that down at the new york field run me my coins because that was my idea right <laughs> here on classically black to do an overture first and then do the movie so if i start seeing y'all girls Throwing a little bit of Egmont on some junk. (laughs) Throwing a little bit of Coleridge Taylor. I'm coming for y'all. All all right? Because it was right here. You heard it first. Gang gang. I roll up. Gang gang. Squat. You're out of control today. (laughs) Perfectly in control, sister.
1: Whew. Okay. Um, so one of their team members, um, said this quote that reminded me so much of classically black because we did it first.
0: Exactly. Listen, um, is a trend. They never my queen's place.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> they were basically talking about like how you know classical music is seen as this like elitist thing that's like not accessible and it's one of the things that they're trying to do and one thing that he said was that even classical masters have shocking entertaining humorous and sometimes tragic life stories. I was just about
0: to say your favorites were trash. Yes.
1: He <laughs> <So, like>, said <laughs> so, a classical composer is a normal human Human being with the same ups and downs that we all can relate to. And same. I'm like,
0: well, Schumann threw hope- his- Schumann threw himself into Schumann threw himself into the Rhine. He was so crazy that he threw himself into a river. Hopefully, you don't have the
1: same ups and downs as Waldo because
0: <laughs> you'll be in prison,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. But- <laughs> I mean, there is some drama, though, and we're bringing it to you on a silver platter over here at Classically Black. So, like.
0: Your fans were trash. <laughs> News flash. And nobody was holy, but um, what's my dude? Bach. Bach was holy. Mm-hmm. And busy, but holy. Yeah, Because right. I was like, but it's it's his, his wife? wife. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like,
1: that's the only reason. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know. If- <laughs> oh,
0: Michael, you, you, know you See, Never mind Now you got look. Never mind. That's going to be so inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> And, um, Schubert... Was,
1: Schubert? Was holy? Well, I guess it only takes one person. Yeah. Okay. Could
0: have okay. been his little boo thing. And or, a bunch of people had syphilis. Yeah, back that back. was a thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Dang, I ain't got no syphilis. I I'm gonna like, like, go was, down to the store and give me some. It was like probably like the flu.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, everybody had syphilis. Yeah, because Scott Joplin had it. It was right. somebody else who had it, too. I'm like, so y'all... So y'all was, was just...
0: I was going to say so. <laughs> let's move <on. laughs> We got a whole episode to go. Listen up. My mom would have been like, so Katie. <laughs> let's all right. talk about you rededicating your life to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we got the re-re.
1: <laughs> all right. That's all I got for news. Let's move um, on to intermission.
0: All right, so as you can tell by the title of this episode, we're talking about the baddest women in the game. And that means a bunch of stuff. But um, we want to take a second to highlight some of the important women that we have in our life. It's Women History Month, but every uh, month is Women History Month because you came out of a woman. And women, if it wasn't for us, like, y'all would be in a really tough spot. <laughs> I mean, after Eve. Everything after her. She says You can follow one simple direction. One simple direction. You yeah. had it all. It's like, I feel like God was like, all right, bet, Delaney. You can go to any restaurant in Rochester. You just cannot go to Java's. And here you go. <laughs> you know, I really might could go for for some Java's. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, you got spot down the street. You got Fuego up the street. You got... There's
0: a plethora Starbucks of Starbucks. Over here. <laughs> you got Taco Bell. You got Chick-fil-A. You got... It's a, it's a city this and, and then guess what you could leave rochester <laughs> go anywhere in the world ain't to, but you the <laughs> one place that god said not to go you know i really might could use a hot uh, <laughs> chocolate from from javas and a little cookie to dip it dip, dip in it <laughs> like sis you ruined it for us all <laughs> but anyway that's not the point we want to thank the women in our lives. We want to. We appreciate you. Um, tell the women in your lives that you love them. You'll be nothing without them. You'll be lost because y'all men. But that's not the point of this. Okay, Um. so Delaney, let's start out with this. Give me any women in general. You just want to give a little shout out to the little highlight. Little a couple? It could be a couple. Yeah, I have shout a couple. out to Ray Ray and them. Tay Tay and them. Hey, blah, stand blah, blah, up.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll give a shout out to all the women that are not my last one so i'll give a shout out to my grandma hey me ma, for teaching me how to be the trifle person i am today
0: god we have a source (laughs) and i haven't
1: even gotten because at least at least i lower my voice (laughs) what a mood what a mood because i'm like i'm looking at her like so you have to lower your voice (laughs) because because now I'm going to be fighting in the middle of the street because of something that you said. Yeah. Because I'm not just going to let nobody run up on my grandma. So yeah. <laughs> now nah, I'm in a tough spot. But anyway, my grandma. Because I, I give a shout out to my big sister, Dang Breezy. Hey, girl. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I think that's going to be it. All my friends and stuff. <laughs> that's all. Shout out to my cousin them. Up, up, my sister them. Allison, Nadia, Yasmin, Monica, all I want to um, <laughs> that was so extra. My friends, of course. You know, Delaney Wave, Nikki Hagra, Caitlin, Ariana. Ariana's freaking killing the game. She's a teacher in Rockford, uh, Illinois. She which, yes. <laughs> uh, she's a teacher in Rockford, Illinois. She teaches um middle school English. Um, she's only been teaching this is like her second or third year teaching, already been nominated for Golden Apple Scholar. Like, she is just out here, if I if I need an encouraging word, I know exactly who to go to. i will be like best friend girl Like I just love her. I love her down Jaleisha, Sierra, Erica, Hey. Of course, my sorors. Yip, okay. you know I love y'all. And of course, all the women of God who've prayed for me over the years, Sister Diane, Pastor Debbie, all of y'all. Because listen, a girl needs some prayer. <laughs> not a girl needs a lot of prayer. Prayer, not player. Hmm. We don't need no play.
1: Hmm. Well, you just went on about offset and of thing So, maybe you get you one not, coming you your way. You're not going to let that go. <laughs>
0: <'Cause you's> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Literally the thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, give me, um, Delaney, a woman who was a teacher or if you don't have one, any other profession that you want to think.
1: Hmm. Well, I would say my fourth grade teacher. What was her? Miss Kennedy um and I don't so I went to a black school so I had like I feel like I had other black teachers but Miss Kennedy was like the first one that sort of like got me into like got me into wanting to learn about like where I came from and stuff because like she used to live in Cameroon Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, in Africa, and she was just like, and and I f- feel like that's when I realized. First, of all, I was literally in fourth grade, but that's when I realized that I had such this like this skewed view of Africa that like is pushed on us, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, I don't know what I thought they was doing, but she was t- showing me the city, and I was like, y'all got cars and stuff,
0: yeah. <laughs> and they really make it seem like people just you know, doing nothing. It's crazy. I remember I watched in a vlog, I, you know, I watch vlogs, and um, I watched this this one girl who lives in Ireland, but she's from Nigeria. So she's very well off. I'm talking about, like, servants, nice cars, the whole lot, right? Oh. <clears throat> she's a doctor. She she went to study medicine in Ireland oh. with her her twin, also did the same thing. Oh. And so, you know, whatever, I'm going, I watch the vlog, whatever. I scroll through comments when I watch stuff on YouTube, just what I do. And people are like, this is not, like, you're showing the wrong view of Africa. Like, not everybody in Africa lives like this. I'm like... It, I'm looking at y'all like and, and people in the comments. So I'm like, so, so she, she's not supposed to show that she has, <clears throat> excuse me, money and stuff because what well, she was supposed to be living in a hut. Walking around be, naked. you don't say that when people, when people show the other view of Africa. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you guys were like some, and of course everyone was like, um, you know, like that was are like a couple of people, but mm-hmm. of course those people had like, the most comments on it because like, you sound dumb. exactly Like she has money. What's wrong with having money? And, like a, a lot of Africans have money. And I feel like that doesn't even make
1: much sense because, first of all, who is assuming that that's how all Africans are living when the overwhelming, like, idea that's pushed on us in America is that Africa is just, like, they just struggling and they can't do right. nothing. Right. Meanwhile,
0: whose fault is that? Because you came and stripped us of our resources, so now we have nothing. But, but, right. But. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point. Happy Women's History Month. Right. <laughs> that's <for> Kennedy. Anyway. <laughs> Um mine my teacher that I want to thank is my fifth grade teacher, Miss Phillips. um it's Billy Bill. She was black. she was a piece of work uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> Dang. I I love her down especially 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 in retrospect. like she pushed us so hard, especially her black students. and um I remember one time I wrote a, a paper you know for her you had to write in pen mm-hmm. and it had to be in cursive nothing nothing less and uh, do kids even learn cursive anymore i don't think so i think some
1: um, lots of places have phased it out yeah Um, so it had to
0: be had to be in pen blue or black and it had to be in cursive so i a guy who could only write in cursive really oh i remember i remember somebody like that i don't i don't remember that's weird that is weird yeah you could only write it okay (laughs) what and um so i wrote this paper or whatever Turned it. In. It had a boku. I know it's was boku, but it had a boku. I've never heard boku. What? The word for in French is boku. Oh, but like oh, black but people say over here. But black people be like boku. so right, you know, that's just, the only thing I've ever heard. <laughs> really, yeah. it's boku. B a b e a u c o u p. You bilingual so. I'm literally not. Anyway, <laughs> so it had a whole bunch of errors on it, and she made me redo it it's a it's a it's a five paragraph essay in pen i had to redo it because it had too many errors because it's in pen mm. scratch scratch i made a mistake She was like redo it the whole thing so like she was just on we had to memorize what's that poem the raven by Edgar Allan poe. poe yeah stands like not the whole thing of course we were fifth graders but like she assigned she distributed around the class to remember like she was no so why is she on your list she already get them under. <laughs> She was the first teacher to really like, like you. You gonna do something. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to like you gonna have to work hard. Like that idea of work ethic. That idea that we're, we're black we have to work twice as hard oh, yeah, to get I half either. as much, and like just always pushing for me. Like I remember for for um in Evanston you take a a test before you go to to middle school. I don't know if they still do it anymore to place you in math mm-hmm. and the whole point of the test really is to see, are you going to be in the advanced math class or are you just going to be in regular? Like anything wrong with being regular. Right. So I was one point shy of being placed in the advanced math class. So she came in and she was like, well, I think Katie should do it. Cause I can write it and say, I think she'd be. and I was like, Girl, if you gonna put me in that regular math class where everybody Nancy, else, Nancy, Nancy, I was like, you gonna put me in that regular, regular math class where everybody else? So I could learn and have fun and learn how to braid hair with everybody else. All and, right. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I ended up in whatever, but I would have gotten there faster. But yeah, Miss Phillips, she she was that one. All right. A woman who was a music teacher that you want to thank. Yeah, when I saw this, I was like, dang, that's hard. Yeah, because first of all, you play bass, and low-key, there's some kind of connotation there.
1: Yeah, and then conductors. There's not that many female conductors, so, like, there's only, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I was like, oh, wait. But actually, my very first music teacher, um, Sister Ash, was um, a member of my church, the church that I went to growing up. And um, she played the piano, and my mom found found out, and she was like, "Well, can you give my my daughter this piano lesson?" So we would go um to sister Ash's house um and and learn and learn piano. That's back when I liked piano, mm-hmm. and like regardless of how I feel about the piano now, like of course I I liked it because like I know that music was something f- for me that has always clicked, like very um uh, like like I learned quickly when mm-hmm. it comes to music that came to a screeching halt well, right. I, it did <laughs> because as you get older like things get more nuanced yeah so um came to a screeching halt but then when I was like first learning it um yeah well, just basically she was my first music teacher and um regardless of how i feel about piano now i wouldn't be like even in the realm of music had i not mm-hmm. done that and had she not taught me and, sh- and i had another teacher after that who i literally despised she was the <laughs> worst <laughs> but um yeah so she's my only positive memory from the wow. beginning <laughs>
0: <laughs> um a music teacher for me would definitely have to be christiana reader christiana Reeder um took over for my VL professor my senior year of undergrad when my VL professor became pregnant and she was the one who was like, I think you should go to Eastman. And I was like, girl, if you don't hear this raggedy stomach, ain't nobody get into nobody's Eastman. <laughs> and she was like, well, I think you should go to Eastman. And then I remember my recital didn't, my recital went fine, but I didn't think it went good enough for no Eastman. And she was, so after, after my recital, my next lesson, I sat down with her and um, my teacher from undergrad, we made a list of schools. So I went around the bush and I named every school, but Eastman, she was like, and I said Eastman. And I was like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Eastman and she held my hand the entire way and I held my hand like okay Katie you turn your application mm-hmm. but she yeah. just like want to check in like you know I talked to her on my audition day you know I, um, I played for her because I was student teaching during the my during that fall so going down to normal to play normal illinois to play for her and all type of stuff and like playing for her after and just whatever i still talk she's still texting with me from time to time like hey what you doing with your life? my like, girl i don't know but um right. <laughs> yeah I, I definitely like honestly like i will i would say that i'm indebted to her i will i, I think i told her that i mean she doesn't mm-hmm. she doesn't really take compliments like that but i, I didn't tell her to her face to face but in a letter i wrote to her like i w- i'm definitely indebted to her because honestly sometimes all it takes for you to is put a bug in my ear because you know i don't really i don't gas myself up like that so as soon as you said i would never have applied to eastman on my own but as soon as you said eastman i said oh shoot you might think i could do eastman all right bet then we do an eastman let's go <laughs> that's all it took was her mentioning it so shout out to you christiana okay uh last one um a woman that you will forever be indebted to slash or and and or your biggest inspiration. Hey, mommy.
1: So on the day that we're recording this, is actually my mom's birthday.
0: Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday to yeah. you. Happy. Where
1: birthday you know that from.
0: To you. Happy birthday.
1: Hmm? What? So so, you said Oh, you know what? It's weird because I I know that from KJLH. Uh to a radio station mm-hmm. but Stevie Wonder owns KJLH no oh. I just when you said that I was like oh yeah, yeah that's why because they they do birthday shout outs and like mm-hmm. um they're 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 like studios like right next to this like the school that I went to mm-hmm. um like for elementary and like part of middle school and so it's like our local radio station mm-hmm. and I remember like um like everybody listens to it and, I'm, and that's like the song that they play for like when they do birthday shout outs I remember one time my mom called, called me and like I had one Aww. Yeah, so I was getting ready for school. Listening to Steve Steve Harvey his, his morning show was on mm-hmm. there, and it's a happy birthday. Day. I was like, ah.
0: "See, <laughs> Steve Harvey's uh, morning shows everywhere, mm-hmm. played in Chicago." Yeah, but oh that's so nice our birthday song in chicago was so much for ratchet i have to play it for you it'll be like who is on that birthday line it's katie it's katie and katie what's your zodiac sign leo leo and yesterday, today your birthday yes it is so sure it is and they'll be like where are you from evanston where are you from evanston like, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like that was like the station for that like mm. wgci's was is not was is a rap station mm. so anyway your mama no. <laughs>
1: my mommy who (laughs) i mean i've said this before like on the thanksgiving episode and stuff like my mom just makes a bunch of sacrifices for me and um has i mean i guess like taught me some of the important things that for some reason school don't teach you but like you know school's a scam but (laughs) here we are in debt so (laughs) and like just she's made oh i'm not gonna say that but um basically she just made it a priority to be like great parent and um not everyone does that exactly and it's just like some people they either first of all don't even do the bare minimum or some people just do the bare minimum Mm -hmm. or some people go above and beyond and that's like where my mom is at and i've learned so many things from her just like in life and on how to carry yourself as a woman as a black woman and um i learned a lot of Think financial things for my mom, which Mm -hmm. thank God, because I would literally be lost Mm -hmm. without her on that kind of stuff. I'm literally, Mm -hmm. I'm like, so can you run that back? (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like, that's one of the biggest things I've learned from my mom, too. Like, she's she told me, like, everyone around me would speak, her speaking as herself, everyone around me has made terrible financial decisions, Mm -hmm. and I've made it uh, a priority to, you know to make good financial decisions for myself and for my kids so that you know you guys are set up well Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that like I know like I'm not worried about that kind of stuff because like she's she's taught me how to you know do all that kind of stuff she's taught me how to everything Mm -hmm. literally everything thank you mommy and also me and my mom we literally like i don't have we don't have like very much i guess like filter in between us mm-hmm. so i'll just be saying whatever and be yeah. like, especially now that i'm grown because now like she let more stuff slide right, right. she'd she be saying some stuff i'm like mommy why would you say that to me i'm still your kid like, like some stuff that's be inappropriate but, but sometimes i just feel like, let me throw this out here see how she gonna react because nah. <laughs> i'm grown so all right lisa anyway
0: Um, I also say my mom, my mom has done a lot for me, you know, I admire her a lot because she's a single mom and, you know, I could be like a lot sometimes, I know you would never guess that, but I could be a lot sometimes and she, you okay? Anyway, I know you would never guess that, I could be a lot sometimes and she, uh, we have opposite personalities, but my mom has definitely gone above and beyond for me um especially as a single mom I've watched her navigate a lot of stuff had to do a lot of stuff and I just I really admire her uh for that also one of the biggest things I think my mom for is no matter how many times my dreams change no matter how many times I flip the switch like she's always on board she's always supportive she's always like yeah okay so that's what you're doing okay like I'm gonna go for it you know and it's just like not everybody has that you know not everybody has someone who's supporting them through whatever and I really think um I really thank my mom for that. Like, shout out to you, Ina. Hey, mommy, mommy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was like... That's
1: one thing that I, um, f- like, forgot to say um, about my mom. Basically, like, just... I, f- I realized, like, once I got older... You know, like, there's always that family stuff that goes on when you're a kid. You don't know about Growing grown folks business. You find out mm. this really just mess. <laughs> there's some things that I found out that my mom was going through. Because, like, mostly, like, my, my, my parents have been divorced like basically since forever and um and like my mom of course she got remarried when i was like in high school mm-hmm. but like growing up when she did have like you, I, there's some family stuff that i didn't know was even going on mm-hmm. that where that i found out when i got older and i was like i would have never known that she was going through that mm-hmm. she always kept a brave face that's why i'm like sometimes it's hard for me even now to like think like dang my mom's a person who's just not invincible <laughs> and that's like, the thing <laughs> that's that, crazy
0: especially like I wouldn't say I'm spoiled because, like, I just don't – I don't think I act spoiled. I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm an only child, you know what I'm saying? So I, I was privy to see more things, especially I'm an only child and I have a single mom. So I was privy to see a lot more things, but I just watched my mom handle stuff with Grace. And also the thing I've, I've learned quickly – is that like my mom is a human being she she makes mistakes she has her own life she has her own desires. she has her own wants she has her own needs and that's something i've definitely had to learn and and i'm still learning that's like you know like mm -hmm. i'll be like why didn't you just yeah like mommy like why didn't you just you ain't man and it's just like (laughs) right and i also like be like yo katie like she's a person and Mm -hmm. she's not perfect and like she she was ina before she was your mom you know what (laughs) i'm saying and it's, like, that's something that I've definitely had to learn. And I just, like, watching her navigate. So, I'm going to be, like, okay, then. You know? Right. It's weird. Even when I don't that. agree with it, I'm just, like, you're, you are still, you know, before you're my mom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's
1: crazy. I feel like that's just such a huge burden. Because we really do see our mom. Especially when you have, like, like we said, moms that are, like, doing everything they can and, like, more for us. Mm-hmm. Like, you see them as a, just this invincible person that just could do everything. And it's just, like. Dang, like some of the stuff that she was telling me, like when, cause you know, when she would go to work, my mom was a flight attendant, so she would be gone, mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> had to leave us with our grandma and stuff. Like, just it was just crazy.
0: I remember one time. I remember one time, um, a couple like a couple months ago, I was like, "Mommy, you take me to the airport in the morning." And I had a flight at like something dumb, like at like seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "You take me to, <laughs> you take me to the airport before you go to work." And she was like, "No, I don't want to do that." <laughs> I looked at her. I was like what kind of mother would just <laughs> have me out here just now nah, I gotta take a $30 cabin you don't care you gonna be drawing your sheet while I'm out there <laughs> and you know, I could be like dramatic and I was just like but you have to go to work all day hmm. and you wanna now I want you to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and to take me to the to, to yeah. O'Hare it's like I'm asking <laughs> some stuff for my mom she'd be like does
1: that seem she really be <laughs> she would <always laughs> just like sit down and be like does that sound fair to you Would <laughs> you
0: and I'll be like, like, no, but to my mama, so. And no. I feel like the, the shift, because I feel like before she'd be like, yeah, whatever. now she's like, you grown, girl, you taking that cash? Mm-hmm. that's what you're doing, like, i like, but I don't got twenty dollars well, she's like, well, I'm sorry. I'll like, be sending you the screenshots, so my mom be like, she'd be
1: like, this is the cutoff for, for this bill, I'm like, dang.
0: Like, that's one of the, this, I I really respect my mom, because it's like, also like, so especially the older I get, especially so like, I'm not bratty, but I just be like, Mama, like, come on, like, what you doing? And it's just like, but my mom is a person and she doesn't want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to take me to the airport. Mm. She doesn't want to. Why? Mm
1: that thing that you said about the phone bill when you was like, it's already factored into your budget. I'm going to use that
0: <laughs> when Lisa tried to kick me off. When I tell you my mom called me, she was like, I heard your episode and let me tell you something. <laughs> I don't mind paying it now, but girl, the minute you get that job, we figure something out. <laughs> I said, well, man. My mom literally gave me age. I was like, Oh shucks! Yeah,
1: because she taking everything that she do with my older sister and be like, so would you? I'm like,
0: but you gotta factor in the oh, no. <laughs> you know my mom. I just be like, you know I'm gonna milk this as long. I'm like, mommy, it's already in your budget. Why would you want me? You're now so you gotta used-
1: overturn and see where you are gonna allot that money. And my then- mom be like, I already know where.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, you so used to paying that little extra something, you might as well just keep on doing it. Like you are mm-hmm. not missing that money. Like mommy, look, how long have I had a phone? <laughs> <laughs> how long have I had a phone? It's I'm like, going to use this one. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing. I'm really doing you a favor because now, <laughs> now what? You now I got to use the brain power to figure out where you're going to put that extra money. It's like, you go, You can't miss what you never had. Right. I've what you going to put did. in
1: your savings, which I'm going to get after you're gone anyway. So, no. <laughs> no, I mean,
0: indirectly. <laughs> Do that. I would say that to my mom. She would be like, my wow. Mom, my mom is sensitive, so I wouldn't say that. Oh, really? My, my mom, mom would me laugh. My, me and my mom are, she might oh I can't tell with my mom. She, she don't kill me. I can't because it's like you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> but my mom, me my and my mom, mom are like lie. seriously just opposite. Like we're just opposite personalities. Dang. Period. Like we're not. People be like, that's
1: your mom. My mom, your mom, are quite so.
0: <laughs> really? Nah. My mom is quiet and like, well, mm, depending. <laughs> my mom can be quiet and whatever. And I'm just like, hey,
1: Actually, me and my mom are not that similar. We're, we have some very similar senses of humor. And mm. sense of humor, you know, I play all day. So, like, that is a big part of my personality. My so, ma- that's what I mean. But that's pretty much the only thing we have in common.
0: My mom's not a jokester. My mom plays all day. You've heard it. you oh, heard oh, it first time. Tippy, tippy, top. <laughs> you know exactly how my mom plays. Dad, is. I would never forget that. <laughs> for as long, no, for the rest of my days. I was days. like, i have to explain this to you. <laughs> you know very well. For the rest of my days. Wow. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom. Shout out to everybody mama. Hooray, everybody, mama. mama. <laughs> okay. And we're moving on. <sighs> All right. So it's time for the crooks. I wanted to use that word for a minute. <laughs> did I use that right? I'm so Jamaican. I don't even know. The no crooks of our... Anyway. Time for the crooks of our episode. So we talked about baddest women in the game. We talked about our favorite women in our lives. But now it's time to get into it. So what we did is we took three women composers from... Uh, three different times yeah around about spanning about 100 years uh, or a little bit more than that and we are we are putting them side by side with a bad mamma jamma black woman of the same time period not necessarily a composer mm-hmm. you know some 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 of them one of them i think is um is an artist, mm-hmm. but. Um, just because we've already talked about price we've talked about bonds you know we wanted to do something else so we have women composers that we really like and then we paired them with um a significant black women woman, significant black woman <laughs> that was alive during the same time being sickening killing the game so take it away delaney why don't you start us off
1: all right, so the first uh, woman composer that we have is Clara Schumann.
0: Hey, Clara. Hey,
1: Claire, Claire. Claire Bear. No, I'm just kidding. She was Claire something. Um, So, of course, Clara Schumann was married to. Robert Schumann.
0: I mean, Robert Schumann didn't really do nothing to nobody. Except he was, was dummy, weird, and kind of like,
1: yeah. <gasps> but after I read that whole thing, about when they made I was, you know, I don't yeah. Know. I
0: I'm, just,
1: you know, I'm still on that. I just read it a couple minutes. Well, not a couple minutes ago, but you know what I mean. Um, they had eight kids together, which whoa, Chile. Good?
0: Um, no, nah, never mind. I was gonna say something. This is not that kind of podcast. It could be, <laughs> we, but anyway, never mind. I, I was gonna try to. <laughs>
1: I mean, you'd already give us a taste. Oh, oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I know people turning their volume up like I can't hear it.
0: <laughs> what should you say? <laughs>
1: um,
0: um. So Claire Schumann was a child prodigy, which
1: I wish this.
0: Um, I wonder how true that was though, because I feel like everybody good now. How yeah. You know what I'm saying? We should talk about that one That's day. true.
1: But then also, like, everybody good now, but it's, like, to be, like... Sometimes I look at child parties, I'm like, where are you going from here?
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> you're <that's> seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where? Uh, that's true. I'm like... But, um, yeah, apparently her dad had her taking one-hour piano lessons per day. Which I'm like, could you imagine having a lesson every day? No. I that, wouldn't want a lesson every I day. I would not want... I could do two lessons a week. I could do two lessons a week. Especially once you get into, like, having more um like repertoire especially mr taylor's very thorough i wouldn't want to have two lessons a week with the schedule that i have now just because practicing is a feat like Mm -hmm. but like when i had if i had a lighter course load then definitely Mm -hmm. two lessons or two hour lessons
0: i could do i don't like two hour lessons because then they'll start blending together Mm -hmm. one time time i had a two and a half hour lesson two and a half Oh my God, it was terrible. Oh. I was grateful for it. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but it's just
1: like yeah. I mean, I I bet because I remember one time my teacher gave me a two hour lesson and all we did was Strauss and Hindemith and Wagner. I was like my brain feels like mud after that. <laughs> but anyway, and she was like a kid in these one one hour per day. I'm like oh. my I mean, god. what and else they had to
0: do? They had no. That's true. Nothing. No, they had no YouTube. Nothing. No silly putty. No nothing. <laughs> what were they gonna do? And if it would, and if it was winter, can't even run out outside. <laughs> you might as well take that hour lesson
1: um, every day.
0: And then practice the rest of the day. I would have been child prodigy too. Could've all been child. We could be elite. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, she met uh, Robert Schumann, um, at age nine and he was nine years older, so that's a story for a whole other episode because what? Um, but she was praised by several prominent composers, um, as a pianist, um, such as Paganini, Chopin, Liszt. Um, and she was also named a Royal and Imperial Chamber Virtuoso, which is Austria's highest musical honor.
0: Okay, then sis. Come on, sis. Get it how you (laughs) living.
1: She was, uh, really well known for playing Beethoven's violin sonatas with her, with a violinist and friend, Joseph Joaquin. Um, and lastly she wasn't really recognized for her compositions until like like a while after she
0: died yeah because y'all love to sleep sleep on people right exactly y'all are exhausted
1: um but she was an internationally uh renowned pianist in her time um which even that is like a feat because like as a woman like i remember learning in music history like the whole um the whole salon culture thing and like how Fannie Mendelssohn was like not really allowed to perform outside of those settings and yeah. like all that. So and you know, they were alive at the same time. So for her to mm-hmm. even to be internationally uh, renowned is still like a feat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have a piece by Claire Schumann. Um, it's her three romances for violin and piano. I'm just playing a little little snippy snip of it. And like Claire Schumann wrote a lot of piano music. So when I was listening to her stuff I was like you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of piano music, mm-hmm. but this, I was like, okay, sis. But, um, you want to play a little snippet? cute <laughs> you're right i know i was like okay sis um yeah but um also living around the same time <laughs> as Kara schumann was a woman named charlotte ray um charlotte ray was the first black female lawyer in the united states yes ma'am right and she had a lot of firsts actually a couple a few of them um she also um she was educated at uh, howard university law school
0: <laughs> i oh. special right now <laughs> hey you stand up <laughs> I should have I gone to Howard. Sorry, I get emotional every time. Uh, dang.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you could be a Richard, but y'all wouldn't have been there at the same time. No.
0: Anyway. And also, I went where I was supposed to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. But in addition to being the uh, first black female lawyer in the, in the U.S., she was also the first uh, woman admitted to the District of Columbia Bar. Yes, ma'am. And the first woman admitted to practice before the Supreme Court of the District of Columbia. Um... Her admission was used as a precedent a precedent uh by women in other states who sought admission to the bar. So Right. Leave by example. Um, she was admitted to Howard School of Law, um, because she applied under the name C E Ray and uh she used that alternate name, of course, to disguise her gender mm-hmm. so that her admission would not be instantly revoked. And mm-hmm. I was just
0: like, Wow. Even that's Howard? Really-
1: yeah, like, some there's some people that say, like, oh, well, you know, there was a policy that... Blah, blah, blah. But also, policies are written on paper, and people you still don't know people are following that. Yeah. Some people are saying, like, oh, well, they admitted people... But that's just, like, the same thing as saying, like, oh, when PWI started admitting black people, like, they could go there, like, yeah, they could, but it was made miserable for them, yeah. you know? So, like, in and, and that's still... We still have cases today of people looking at your name and discriminating against you because exactly. you're black. So, like, that's why I'm, like, that doesn't really... I, I believe it. Yeah, but, of course, I, of course, I believe it. I'm yeah, it. it's
0: weird that at a, How, at a place like Howard, that's for people who are oppressed, you are further oppressing. Mm-hmm. But okay,
1: go off. Um, and she actually only practiced law for a, a few years because the presidents against African Americans and women made her business unsustainable. So, yikes! Right. I was just like, yeah, because I mean, like you all did,
0: did all that, but no one wants you to represent
1: you. Right. Exactly. Represent yeah. them hmm but she um she's uh specialized in corporate law she did you know she was able to to practice for a few years but that was ultimately wow you know, like, yeah but i mean she paved the way for so many exactly you know, people so i bet she was unbothered because y'all could never so
0: i mean and i period. hope you all lost your cases nope <laughs> period period <laughs> Okay, so today I'm talking about Rebecca Clark. K. Hey girl. Uh, born 1886. Died in 1979. She was born in England, and actually she was a violinist. She started her violin studies at the Royal Academy of Music. However, keep the time in mind. Her freaking harmony teacher proposed to her at the age of 17. and her, her father was like, nah, this ain't mm-hmm. it, and pulled her from the school. Um, speaking of her raggedy daddy, yeah! um, <laughs> he kicked her out because uh she was like um so this like sleeping around you doing and all this this ain't it he was like all right bet well in my house i sleep around so you can go so kicked her out cut her off had no money or whatever so she started her career as a violist i'm like i love how y'all could just pick up viola but i'm not gonna drag rebecca clark because it's women's (laughs) history month so she uh started her career as a violist toured around killed the game she was the first woman uh female musician in the henry woods queen orchestra because you know y'all was only hiring men back then what did that even sound like back then well, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, so she rose to fame with her uh, viola sonata, um, in the Elizabeth Sprague Cool—oh shoot, Coolidge, <laughs> <laughs> composition competition. She came, she tied with the Ernest Block uh, viola sonata, which I'm like, all right, girl. <laughs> um, nineteen—I'm not a fan of that. It's what Adrian played yeah. last week. The nineteen—I was like, Block in general, I'm not really so. Thick. And, and put that shlomo
1: piece for cello and orchestra. I'm like, this is literally cacophonous.
0: Like, I just, <laughs> and I nobody knows. I'm also not a huge fan of like, um, English composers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of one. I don't mind. Uh, what's the dude? Oh, shoot, what's his name? No, okay. I, I only like two, one piece and, of um, what's the other one? I don't one? mind Britain because Britain, I like Simple Symphony. Oh, okay. But aside from that, I don't know. I'm not really a huge fan of English composers. I don't really know what it is. So I was like (laughs) 1919. And so the reason why she tied with block was the fact that her friend was running the competition so they thought it would be interest. but i'm like if it's just better it's better <laughs> like but okay y'all love to be problematic um so th- the thing is people thought like people were like ain't no way sis wrote this mm-hmm. like to her face like that's what people the reviews were wow. like yeah they were like ain't no way uh rebecca clark is a pseudonym for ernest block i'm like ernest block could never write what? this <laughs> and they were like, "Nah, she ain't really write this, blase, blase." Um, some people said she didn't even exist. Like y'all, it's like I y'all worry, do anything. I had to go to the ends of the earth. Are y'all stretching before these reaches? Because uh, because they were like, "There's no way a woman could write this." I couldn't even fathom being alive in a time like that. People were saying like, "Ain't no way sis wrote this, right?" So um, uh, most of her music remains unpublished, mm-hmm. and that's because her estate is holding on to it. So. Which one? I just I don't really understand that but I mean they, they have they have their reasons mm-hmm. um so we're hoping to learn more about her competitions the more that um her music gets released so two pieces I really want to highlight it's supposed to be one but uh, first of all uh the piece that she's most famous for is her viola sonata and then my favorite violist on it a Zimmerman we never <laughs> deserve to be a Zimmerman oh perfect a female a female violist playing a female viola pe- hey gang gang <laughs> To be a Zimmerman So when you playing it. I, I have to play the Sonata. But to be a Zimmerman is just like I melt every time. And this is a, this is a video of her on YouTube playing a Hoffmeister, Viola Concerto, when she was like twelve with some orchestra, she won some competition. Completely unbothered. Like no, I'm sorry, Stamitz. Mm. Completely unbothered. It's like she's she bit she been here. Okay, to be a Zimmerman ain't new to the game. Okay, um the second thing I must I must give honorable mention to is the Doomka piano tree with violin viola i just love this piece and i forgot how lit i mean, anyway <laughs> here we go freaking okay <laughs> Caitlyn, <laughs> hit me up. We are doing this. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> um. Okay. So around the same time, we must give our tribute to the infamous Ella Fitzgerald, um, also known as the First Lady of Song. Um, born nineteen seventeen, died nineteen ninety six. Oh shoot, in my lifetime. Um, she had a rough start, lost her mother at the age of 15, um, went to a reformatory and, but had to escape because of bad treatment. So she pulled a, a ticket at the amateur night at the Apollo. And after that, she was like, oh, "No, nah, I'm winning everything mm-hmm. Win every talent show she could. Um, she won the attention of Chick Webb, who was a drummer and band leader. And that's who put her on. So she went around touring with him and through working with him, she was able to develop her her um art of scatting so she's the kind of the one who like brought that on she did it avert she did a recording of a tisket a task um and that's what made her famous she sold a million copies and stayed on the pop, the pop charts for 17 weeks after that um she was mo- the most famous jazz singer in the u.s for over half a century she won 13 grammys recorded over 200 albums and sold over 40 million albums mm. um she worked with mm, let me change that people who got to work with her <laughs> listen <laughs> nat king cole duke ellington uh Calm basie frank Sinatra, it just goes on and on and on she had a bunch of health problems um so eventually she was just like no longer able to perform like she had both of her legs amputated because of diabetes mm-hmm. but, um however um she's certainly a queen like we could never we have never since i just love her stuff i'm every once in a while i get into a jazz mood you know i'm not really um that so um I'm gonna play a little bit of a tisket a tasket. Um, you know the song because your your childhood if it was lit you know all right um so I'll play a little bit of this is what made her famous <laughs> Song
1: the way I dropped it. A little girly picked it up and
0: put it in her pocket. She was okay, so that that's a song that made her famous. Um definitely take a listen. And then of course, my favorite song by Uh Fitzgerald, um, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Um, this is with Louie Armstrong. Shining bright above you Night breezes seem to whisper I love you birds singing in the Sycamore tree Dream a little dream of me uh, I don't know that's not made me feel good like it seem like easy times simple times you know you Know on a beach or something, walk, walking in a park with your love, your man. You know what I'm saying? I can't relate, but I'm glad mean, that you're out of here. I'm not doing this, with you. <laughs> I just refuse. The hour's <laughs> late, you on <are> my nerves. <laughs> I'm not doing this. All I'm right, we got nerves. We got one more closer. <laughs> okay, so I'm talking about Augusta, also known as Gusty. Reed Thomas that's that's her nickname Gusty Reed Thomas Augustine Reed Thomas was born in 1964 she is still alive hey girl um she's a Grammy winning American composer she studied composition at Tanglewood Yale Northwestern and the Royal Academy of Music um she's also a junior fellow in the Society of Fellows at Harvard University um, she's the longest serving Mead composer in residence the, with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra so she was there from 1997 to 2006 and she worked with Daniel Barenboim and Pierre Boulez. Um, during her residency she was one of two finalists for the 2007 Pulitzer Prize in Music with the piece Astral Circle. Um, she's commissioned in. During that residency, because she has done so much more than that, mm-hmm. she's com- she commissioned nine orchestral work and helped establish the Orchestra Now series, which is like one of the things that Chicago Symphony Orchestra does. But here's where it just gets me excited. So not only did she learn composition at these places, she was like, "I can go back and teach it." So yeah. she's taught composition at Eastman. Hey, 585, stand up. We have Maia Gibbs. Melior, you pulling up to Maia Gibbs? <laughs> Listen, hey I mean, girl, she was just here. Yeah, she was just here. Also, she um. She worked here for a long time. Like I think I think um when I when I met her, she had just I told you this. Like I, I, I stand Augusta Thomas because I contacted her. I was learning one of her pieces. I was on an incantation mastering. <laughs> I was learning uh incantation for um an audition for my audition here at Eastman. And um I hit her up and I was like, Hey, I'm learning your piece. Can I play it for you? And she was like, Yeah i played for her it was like an amazing experience i got a picture all that stuff it was she's just like really inviting um especially since i said eastman she was like oh i just left there <laughs> um so she taught at eastman northwestern tanglewood um and currently she serves the university professor of chicago so she's one of you know how like you can have like assistant professor associate professor whatever she is a professor university professor and she is only the 16th person to hold this title in the history of the school um um, and she says, teaching is a natural extension of my creative process, which I really appreciate, you know, cause I feel like a lot of professors, they, they, um, you know, like they really focus on their stuff, like whether it's like, um, researching or playing or whatever. And they don't really bridge the gap between teaching. And she's like, it's necessary for me. Um, listen, everybody want to works from her. Everybody wants her to, uh, commission things. We're talking Boston symphony, you talk Jack Quartet, Tanglewood, Wush, Philharmonic, Notre Dame. Uh, university it goes on and on you got to read her um you got to read her bio to uh find out where she's gonna be um i'm gonna pull up a piece by her just give me one second okay so i'm gonna play the piece that i stand for it's called incantation i i I brought it back up for some auditions this year as well originally for violin so that's probably what it's gonna be incantation by gussery thomas so tell me who is who is alive right now
1: i'm just so excited <laughs> okay so um for the next person who is for the culture um and still alive today miss angela yvonne davis come on yvonne <laughs> Listen, that's <y'all>. Blacky black <laughs> yvonne i mean how do you spell it why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So Angela Davis was actually just here uh speaking at the University of Rochester, and I had to go because, like, usually I stay a little bit. I have to work, you know, to you know help, you know, get wrap everything up. And my, you know, our, my boss is black, so I was like, you know, Angela Davis. He was like, go, go. <laughs> 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 he was
0: like, oh,
1: go. I love him. Right. So, um, I'm trifling but great. <laughs> um, so Angela Davis, if you didn't know which how, but I'm not here to shame people for not knowing things but still how um was an American is i said was is because she's still alive an American political activist academic, and author um her research interests are feminism african american studies critical theory marxism, popular music, social consciousness, and the philosophy and history of punishment in prisons um in 1969, Angela Davis was the acting assistant professor in, uh, philosophy, in the philosophy department at UCLA and she was actually let go because of her ties to the uh communist party mm-hmm. but then she was reappointed because it was like no nah, you can't do that just cuz she's in a political party right. um but then she was let go again because of that inflammatory right because of her uh, her inflammatory language she used in several of her speeches because i mean she was she was a member of the black panther party mm-hmm. she was a communist she was um you know against police and prisons and she's a prison abolitionist too um so they let her go for that uh for that reason um but shortly after this because that was in 1969 to 1970 um and of course the most popular thing to note when you think of Angela Davis um was you know what happened with her in 1970 when she was um arrested well there was a warrant for her arrest um and she was charged with aggravated kidnapping and first degree murder um and she was placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitive list, which I think she was only the second or third woman to ever be placed on that list. Oh shoot. Come on making history. Fugitive stand <laughs> up <Gosh. laughs> or sit down. Cause you want to stay hidden, but okay. fugitive, sit down. Um, and she, uh, was a fugitive for two months until they found her. Um, yeah. Um, she, she fled California. They found her in New York city. Um,
0: this is, I don't know how places go. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean that the, is a big city. That's true. Boston. She
1: probably couldn't have left the country. Yeah, yeah, you can't leave the country. Well, she probably could have found a way because Kathleen uh, Cleaver and, and him was in anyway. Um, um but more than two hundred local committees in the United States and sixty and sixty seven in foreign countries, um, they were uh, pushing for her release. Um, but she was incarcerated for sixteen months during her trial, and um, people put together. Uh, two people put together um, her $100,000 bail when she was eventually granted bail. Mm-hmm. Um, but, which I know she was sweating all throughout this. She had an all-white jury. <gasps> which I know she was like, she was like, I'm going down. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Because I she's, even, Because she's... Even God looking at you <UNX2> Right. She got well. that big old afro. She, you know, and she's never once wavered on her, you know, anything mm-hmm. b- just because she was facing, you know, life in prison. First degree murder. Um... Um, but they actually found her not guilty. Um, and I've totally glossed over this, but the reason why she was, uh, she was charged with first degree murder and kidnapping was because she purchased guns for, uh, bodyguards who, uh, then used them to occupy a courtroom and four people were killed in that. So, Mm. um, um, and she there was some discrepancy about whether or not she was in correspondence with some of the people that um were, were doing it well like of course she was because she knew them and they mm-hmm. were her, you know but they were I think the question was whether or not she knew that that was going to happen mm. um but she was found not guilty and after after that she was invited you know to Cuba because uh to speak on like communism and that sort of thing and ever since then she was just uh, writing books and, and going back to to teaching and educating, and um just has been a speaker all over the world mm-hmm. and, you know, frequently travels to college campuses and stuff. And her last stop, University of Rochester, and just showered us with knowledge. Ooh. Right. <laughs> Ooh, what an inspiration, and Angela um, Davis. For so. here Because I couldn't, I'm telling you, my heart could not take all that. <laughs> Girl. All white church. I for could. killing a, a a judge. A judge was killed. I,
0: kn- I That is a miracle. That's literally a miracle. Because <laughs> even God was probably looking at her like, girl, nah, I we getting 70? out of this. And I don't know. And you're a Black Panther. I just. Oh.
1: delay. And, you're in, America, like, and were, you're in America. Like. You're in America. Out of all countries. The reason why she was like. Why they were trying to get her off of the faculty at UCLA. Like I. You know, I said the reasons why. But there was push from literally Ronald Reagan, who was the governor of California at the time because she was a communist. And he was in the news calling her racist and all that. Like, I mean, and, and a terrorist. And she, meanwhile, y'all a, terrorists are right here in American soil. Literally, but that's like, not that's not the
0: type
1: of <laughs> podcast. Who Chile? Well, but she still is an influential woman. Like, I mean, Angela Davis. Whew,
0: I could never. But well, hey, sis. fight the power. <laughs> um. But let us know what you think about our choices. Also, did we forget anybody? What are some female composers that you like? Let us know. Anybody else alive around the time of... um, of Clara Schumann and Rebecca Clark Let us know um, who you wish we would have highlighted um, Email us at ClassicallyBlackPodcast at com, And we are moving on to Black Excellence Where we hype you up, gas you up And give you your props because there's room for Everybody at the top And this week we are talking about Jessica McJunkins, hey girl <laughs> If you don't know Jessica now You know um, I met Jessica, where did I meet Jessica? Did I meet her at color? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> i met her at a festival <laughs> Wait, everybody <know> about now. <laughs> i met her at the color music festival mm. I met her at a festival. Um, and I was like, who is Jessica? She's sickening. She walks with so confidence. I was like, who is this? I'm, like, I'm like, who is Jessica? And Jessica, like, literally skyrocketed. Like, she plays for Beyonce. She just got off tour with Beyonce. Um, she's an, absolutely a sweetheart. She works really hard. She was on Jimmy Fallon. She's just doing all types of stuff. Um, I'm going to link her bio and her, um, in her insta so you can follow all the stuff that she's doing like literally absolutely sickening just an amazing violinist absolute sweetheart super duper talented um so yeah there we go our black excellence for the week is jessica mcjunkins you got a piece of the week for us all right so my piece this week um,
1: I blanked on it for a second because it's something that I usually would never pick. Um, and this is, and I feel like this is the second time I've done it. Yeah, because my last piece of the week was Holst, and I was like, hmm that's surprising, but this yep. is even more surprising. Oh, here we go. Because the composer, you're gonna be like, girl, what is Vivaldi? <gasps> right? Okay, but let me tell you, because I usually don't mess with nothing Vivaldi does.
0: I mean, his little seasons is kind of cute, some of them. However,
1: that double cello concerto, I'm
0: not aware oh
1: it does not sound like i'm like why didn't you write more stuff like this it's lit it's really lit um yeah it's a double cello concerto for uh two cellos and uh strings but i remember actually i played it in high school because they did this whole thing where like most of the seniors got to play like like concertos with uh the string ensemble and like you had to compete to do it with the orchestra but we played this and i was like no hold up everybody i didn't know you
0: was writing writing mm-hmm.
1: but yeah i'm gonna link the piece uh in the description so y'all can see what well, Vivaldi should have been doing throughout his career. But, wow.
0: I but- mean, those violent, like, he wrote those for his students, you know what I'm saying? He just was like, they ain't had nothing to play. And he was the wow. director at Orphanage, so he was like, you can play these stuff. So that's why he wrote them. These stuff. <laughs> but. <laughs> right, now, that's
1: what he was doing.
0: Right
1: here. You
0: he lo- he love a good dagger It's lit. Ooh. Chile. But y'all yeah, lick it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Thank you for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to email us if you have a piece of the week recommendations. You got black excellence. You got intermission ideas at ClassicallyBlackPodcast at gmail.com. Because mm-hmm, we try to come up with... No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> And we will talk to y'all next week. All right, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Gang, gang. Okay. Bust down, Bacchiana. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Turn it off.
0: (laughs)